everyone got one What's your opinion? This is the rare one Tongues won't be bitten Ain't no rules Just spill it And anybody can get it No limit We get to kill it You tuning into the thrillers And no, ain't no stopping no. Any topic Even the random I hope that you ready We entering in the zone soon We on a grown shit Welcome to the rare room That's it That's all I got to say Yo What's up y'all? Hilliard Guest here, and welcome to the all-new Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it street, we keep it opinionated, and we keep it what? 100. 100. 100 people. Why you always got to be behind you know, every single time? No, I was trying to count my time. beats and be dramatic and make sure I was on, and I missed my cue. See, 100. she don't like saying it. That's what it's about. Yeah. 100. Damn it. I'm going to have to 100. force her to pay. See, she mad at me. Hold on. 100. Listen. Listeners, she mad at me because I ain't bringing no damn sprinkles, don't I? I bring her some bootlegs. He done brought these bootlegs. (laughs) Are these from Ralph's? Huh? Are they they from huh? These are not sprinkles, red velvet. But you know what? I appreciate that. I hope y'all don't want Ralph's as a sponsor anytime soon. (laughs) You see, just for you know, they they smart and final. Smart and final. Red velvet cake. All for you. Look at that. And four of them. I appreciate it. Anywho, so. (laughs) <laughs> Welcome to the show, y'all. You know how we do it here at the Screenwriters Rant Room. You know, we, we we like to talk about entertainment, TV, film, culture, but our focus for most of it is screenwriting and stories. I'm yes. going to add the stories to it because yes. that's your thing. Yes. Because you like that. I love stories. she's a pimp girl. And a craft. <laughs> a craft. <laughs> that's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> so um, let me introduce my girl. Y'all hear her voice. Lisa Bolakaja, a.k.a. The who? Street Nerdist. What? Who the who? Who the who? AKA Star Child. Star, oh, Crystal, she, she Crystal add, Star Child. She had new shit. No, no, it's Star Child Crystal Titties now. Because if y'all didn't see Riri's dress, okay, like, okay, like I am still vibing off of that dress. So yeah, Street Nerdist, Star Child, Crystal Titties. Crystal Titties. That's some shit you would like, baby. Look, I Crystal would. Titties. Yeah, I, mean, I want to look. What's her it. name? Look Crystal Titties. Quick. Rihanna. <laughs> Rihanna brought the house she down. Did. Channeling Josephine Baker. Go Riri. Okay. Do With that Harley. shit. Nothing on. Do okay. that shit. Rihanna, holla at me. Mm. <laughs> Do that, girl. <laughs> Do it. So, yo, I am Hillard Guest, and we got a great <laughs> show for y'all. We got my man, mm-hmm. Big Titty B, Bitty B, Bitty B. <laughs> I don't know where the fuck that came that's, from. That's not my name, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> she got titty on my mind. I was like, big titty B, bitty B. <laughs> you stupid. Y'all see, we be having the fun. <laughs> so on that note, let's get it in, y'all, if y'all grown. Mm-hmm. All right. We, we got, got mm-hmm. we got my man, mm-hmm. Barry Floyd, mm-hmm. my cousin, mm-hmm. my home team, star, one of the stars, one of the pimp stars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> Character. Okay, favorite character, <laughs> mm-hmm. my man mm-hmm. from the hit show on BET, The Game, y'all. Mm-hmm. Hey, we would call him TT. Hey, TT. What's TT in on? the house. I love that character. I feel like uh, I feel like Apollo Creed. That was a long intro. <laughs> 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 and look, I don't even drink no alcohol. I'm just fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I Lord. didn't took too many sips of my protein shake that okay. ha- got some of that creatine shit in it. It'd be fucking you up. Oh my you God. See? If you drink that stuff before you work out, it oh, does yeah. give you like oh, yeah. a buzz. So I'm a little, you know. Yeah, I understand. You know, I got the vapors and I shit. I understand. Like, <laughs> yeah, we, we bench pressing right now while we doing this interview. <laughs> I understand. So, yo, we got my man Barry Floyd on here. So, before we get into just really, really quickly, I just have to say, my girl was gone for like a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. So, just give us a little quick little gist on your tour, 
the book tour, how it's been going, because I know you're going to be in L.A. in a couple weeks, too, yes. which we can promote later. Right, right. Let's well, look. I was in Wisconsin, Wisconsin mm-hmm. for Wisconsin, which is the the one of the few and preeminent feminist science fiction conferences. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, they were having the Science Fiction and Research Association conference at the same time. But we are promoting the book Long Hidden, Speculative Fiction from the Margins of History. And uh, we sold that shit out. What? I was on two. I did a reading and I was on a panel and like five minutes after the panel was over, yeah. people got up, walked into the dealer's room uh-huh. and they sold out every single copy that they brought. See what I'm talking nice. about? So, nice. so it's, a, it's a much needed voice in science fiction and fantasy and I mm-hmm. will be in Boston for ReaderCon in July, and I'm doing a reading in LA whoa, on the 20th. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's all this promoting? I yeah. just said, <laughs> I know, I okay, know. Look, I I'm said, just so excited. I said, what happened? And I got an album trip? coming out next album, month. I got an album <laughs> dropping <laughs> with Prince uh, pretty soon. <laughs> look for that one. Star Child, Crystal Titty Sprinkles. Okay, coming soon. <laughs> it, that's, that's the title of it. Crystal Titties. Crystal Titties. All right, bitch. that's enough. That's enough. All right, but we'll, we'll, we'll promote it at the end. We'll no promote problem. It at the end. No problem. Um. Mm-hmm. So I just had to get out the way because my girl was gone for a couple of weeks. We missed you. I know you Mick did. Mick Court said he coming back just oh, he got so you. he can do you. So he can hang out and have yes, some no sparkles cupcakes with me. <laughs> we'll have some real we'll ones. Have some real ones. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get back so to So with Barry. that, mm-hmm. my man Barry Floyd on the show. So Trip, I wanted to have Barry on the show for a number of reasons. Number, re- number one thing, we go way back a couple of years. Yeah. Um, but... I want to put it out to the world because everybody knows him as this character on this TV show, right. but they don't know my man is actually a, a serious TV writer, mm-hmm. you know, who be doing his shit. And started every out year I talk as to a him, writer. Exactly. <laughs> every year I talk to him, he got another pilot, another script. He's mm-hmm. constantly writing some shit. This is mm-hmm. what I love about him. So I want to I want to talk about you know you where you come from, you know who you be, you okay. know what your okay. what your stilo is and mm-hmm. shit. However, I want to get into your writing. All right, because that's what our main focus on writing and exactly. stories. So, um, where you from, Mr. Barry Floyd? I'm from Philly. Mm-hmm. I've been in LA ten years now. All right. Uh, I went to Temple, got a film degree, and moved to LA to be a screenwriter, and kind of accidentally became an actor along the way. <laughs> um, hold I'm on, still. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Why is my man just skipping over every little beat? I know. You know? I know. I came like, out to be a screenwriter. You know what I mean? And, and then I became a star, and then I, just, I got an Oscar. And then, and then I got I on done. hit show. And then, because like, I'm doing like... my thesis, and then I'm going to get into breaking down the thesis. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> right, go ahead. Okay. He's giving us the overall. Okay, here we go. All right. Now, so, you know, I moved to LA um, to be a screenwriter. Right. Um, I came here with an intern program at Temple as a post grad. So when that program finished, I was already done with school. So I stayed when they all went back home. And um, the first job I had was an internship at Nickelodeon Movies on the mm-hmm. Paramount lot. Okay, hold mm-hmm. up. Wait a minute. Let me put the boom in it. Uh, <laughs> why are you skipping over all the good shit? You know, who beginning. you be, where you from and all that shit. He just went, I was in Philly. I went to college. I moved to L.A. Where are all the details at? Motherfucker, how did you start writing that shit? Okay, we all right. Know. Well, uh, you want to go way back. All right. I'm into the how. Because because the way he got into it is so fast because we talk about everyone Uh has different venues and ways of getting into the business and his is so fascinating and he's just being stingy. So you need you need to give him some details, all right? right. Because your the way it happened to you is so unusual. Yeah, and you know that. So give somebody game who's never heard your story. You feel me? Okay. So take your time. All right, yeah, okay. I'm thinking like a writer, you know. I don't want to <laughs> take too long on, on, on my in first act. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, I guess I decided I wanted to be a writer because in school 
uh, I think with that side of my brain where, you know, every time English class, I was really good. Mm-hmm. We have to do a creative writing assignment. Everybody else is all mad and rolling their eyes and I'm excited. Mm-hmm. You know? So um, when I got out of high school, I thought I wanted to be a novelist. But I started researching it and I realized it's kind of hard to make a living doing that. So mm-hmm. I looked at screenwriting instead because it just seemed more prolific. Mm-hmm. So um, I like that word, prolific. Like he's smart and shit. <laughs> hey, English, you know. <laughs> so when I went to school, um, it was interesting to find out for the first time. I didn't really know a lot about filmmaking, mm-hmm. you know. And a lot of the people there, they already knew their stuff. So I went into class, and it was like I just got thrown into the fire. I didn't even know about editing. I thought you edited it in camera, like on a camcorder, you know. That's so cute. So I had to learn. A, I learned a lot in school the first time I went, and. Um, Took, they, there was no screenwriting program. I took mm-hmm. a few screenwriting classes, but unfortunately there wasn't a program, so I just got a general film degree. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I came here let as me, a poster. Let me ask you, the, the okay. classes you took, were they for feature or were they for TV? They were for feature. Okay. So you so started they, off writing feature films. Exactly. Okay. And it's funny because I'm, I'm now actually taking a writing class in UCLA. Mm-hmm. The first time I went to school, I didn't know anything and thought I knew everything. <laughs> So I didn't really learn anything the first time because I was ignoring everything. They are, like, oh, three-act structure, whatever. That's why every movie's the same. And, you know, a lot of... It's funny because I hear a lot of people that's just fresh off the plane or the mm-hmm. boat or whatever mm-hmm. say that all the time, and I want to strangle them mm-hmm. because they set themselves back so far by thinking exactly. that way. Mm-hmm. So um, I came here as a postgrad with the intern program. All right. They set me up with Nickelodeon movies, which is no longer a thing. Now, was that a big program that was like difficult to get in and a lot of people went up for, or what was that? Uh, it wasn't difficult to get in, but you just had to pay, you know. Okay. Um, I guess there was a cap on how many people they could allow to go, allow to go but mm-hmm. as far as I knew, there, I didn't have any problem getting in. Okay. Um, the, and the way it worked was they, all they did out here was house us. They put us in, up in the Oakwood and Burbank. Mm-hmm. And everything else, they gave us a list of people looking for interns, and we had to do all the rest of the work. Oh, wow. So I ended up in Nickelodeon movies, and that got me on the Paramount lot, which I didn't realize at the time. I was extremely lucky to have access to a lot because it's really hard to get onto a lot. Right. And I was there every day, so I would go and I do my internship, and you know, which was mostly just making copies of stuff. But I got to read a lot of scripts and um, see um, see the development process happen mm-hmm. behind the scenes. Yeah, when I when I got here, they had just finished. Uh, Series of unfortunate events okay, with Jim okay. Carrey. Mm-hmm. So I got to see like the very first draft of that script, and I got to read all the rewrites, and then I got to see how it actually looked on the screen. Okay, cool. And um, so that was really cool. Mm-hmm. So every day after work, I would just walk around a lot, just take advantage of the fact that I was on a lot, and I would just, you know, just try to make a reputation for myself as just being a nice guy. I just walking mm-hmm. around saying hi to people and smiling, shaking mm-hmm. hands and stuff like I was running for president or something. <laughs> now, see, that's really important. You need to be... People get on a lot and they get nervous. Yeah. They're like, I don't want to go over there and interrupt those people. I don't want to look like I'm doing this, I'm doing that. You got to go on the fucking sets. You got to make people know you're there. You got to... You know, you can't. You can't be afraid. That's the whole point of being on the on the lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I wasn't asking anybody for anything. I was just saying, hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, and then I wouldn't even have a conversation. I just keep saying hi to him. And then eventually it's like, oh, I see you every day. You, you're always saying hi to me. Who are you? What do you do? What do you, what do you want to do? Right. Yeah. yeah. So um, that, and then actually when I first got here, there was a guy who told me that um, I can't even remember his name or anything. I haven't seen him since. But he told me 
you want to make connections, but you don't want to be a pest. You don't want people when every time they see you coming, they know you're going to ask for something. <laughs> so just be a nice guy, be a good person, be yourself, and then people will respond to that. Mm-hmm. Sure. So um, I just did that every day, and I eventually got cool with these guys. Um, back then, they were shooting Star Trek Enterprise, and there was these two security guards, mm-hmm. and. The internship was unpaid, and they knew I wasn't making any money. Mm-hmm. So every day they would sneak me food off the set. Oh, that's cool. Oh, and I would hang out around them. And eventually one of them came and said, hey, you know, um, they're hiring tour guides. Mm-hmm. Um, the official title is Paige, but you're basically a tour guide. Mm-hmm. So um, I went and applied for that job and got it, and that got, let me allowed me to stay on a lot for a little longer once the internship ended. And see, that's a smart move because then you get to master – where everything is. I mean, yeah. You were kind of knowing because you were on the lot anyway, but now you really got to know exactly. Especially being a, and you know what? That was my dream job when I was a really? kid. I wanted to be the person at Universal Studios <laughs> that rolled around the tram. If I could still do that, really? oh, you still I do would it. do it. But now everything's like I go, automated. Not but... with your funk that license. <laughs> she got too many tickets now. <laughs> but it's like, the page is like such an awesome job. I mean, mm-hmm. I know you work hard as heck but it's like it gives you so much exposure mm-hmm. to stuff and a lot of people don't even won't even take those jobs like what i'm a writer yeah that I'm was a good this. job because mm-hmm. i was able to walk on to sit well i got cool with certain people on certain sets and they allowed me on to their set mm-hmm. sometimes i wasn't supposed to be there but they said as long as i didn't let anybody touch anything i'd be okay mm-hmm. so um it, you can any job you get out here when you first come even though it may not be the ideal dream job that you wanted it's always an opportunity to make connections exactly. and to just establish yourself as a good person because people out here want to work with good people. Sure. They want to work with their friends. They want to work with people that, you know, um, on my show, we work average 12 hours a day. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be with you for 12 hours a day if That's you're true. a jerk. That's true. So, like, you know, I've, I've survived and gotten a lot of jobs over the years just based on my personality. Even back when I didn't really know anything, mm-hmm. people were willing to bring me on and kind of let me learn on the job because mm-hmm. I wasn't a jerk. I was a mm-hmm. nice guy. Exactly. That's important. Yeah. That's important. So let's get into um, how did you first get into the writer's room? How did that happen? Okay, well, um, it was one day after my shift as a tour guide. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking around a lot, and there was this girl named Kelly from Philly that I had, Kelly Griffin. Oh, yeah. Hey, Kelly. Yeah, Kelly. Kelly, yeah. damn it. You supposed to be on the show. We ain't seen you yet. <laughs> so we cousin. connected. She was wearing an Eagle shirt. We connected because we were both in Philly, and mm-hmm. we would chat it up, and we saw each other. And one day, she saw me and said, hey, you know, they're hiring. There was a show called Cuts that used to be on UPN, mm-hmm. and she said, they're looking for a PA. You should go over there and drop off your resume. Mm-hmm. And I used to always carry my resume with me everywhere. That's smart. So, I'm sorry, what did you do? I used to carry my resume with me everywhere. <laughs> there you go. go. And now it's easier to do because you can do it on a flash drive. Exactly. True, true. Mm-hmm. So um, I, ran, I went over to the office and said, hey, I heard you're looking for a PA. Gave him my resume, and they called me in the next day. Wow. Mm. He interviewed me right there. Mm-hmm. They called me in the next day, and they hired me, and that was my first PA job. Mm-hmm. I was an office PA. And Kenny Smith, who's actually the, oh, yeah. um, the head writer on the game right now, mm-hmm. he was a writer. Was he head writer? I think he was head writer on Cuts, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, he was head writer on Cuts. He came to us, all the PAs, and said, all right, um, what does everybody want to do? What's your goal? Which is an amazing thing, because you don't get that on every show. So sure. if you have a showrunner or a head writer or somebody in charge that asks you that as a PA, you should be very grateful, and you should tell them exactly what you want. So I told him, you know, I want to be a writer. The other PA said they wanted to do this or that. Mm -hmm. Because I said I wanted to be a writer, they made me the writer's PA. 
and that's the first time I got into a writer's room. Now let's let's talk about what what are, what are your duties exactly. as a writer's PA. The most important duty they told me was to keep the fridge stocked. So, <laughs> y'all see, y'all don't understand. Like it's the little things the little like things. that that make the difference. Yeah, because again, they're there all day. Like twelve hours might be a short day. Mm-hmm. So when they go in that fridge, they want to open the fridge and see everything they want. They don't ever want to have to come to you and ask, where's this? Where's that? Where's my thing that I asked for? Mm -hmm. So you get to learn the writers and you learn what everybody likes. And I was like, okay, this person always has to drink a Red Bull every day. Mm -hmm. So I need to make sure there's Red Bulls. And so that was the most important job. Details. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. I did that job well, they liked me. Mm -hmm. So then it was, oh, man, you want to come sit in a room for a little while? Oh, um, Hale Rothstein, he's also a writer on the game. He was writer's assistant back then. And his job, writer's assistant, is to kind of just type everything. Uh, you guys know this, but yeah. for the audience, um, you know, uh, the, the writer's room works. They're, they write by committee. Everybody just says their pitches. Once mm-hmm. they decide they want something to go in the script, the writer's assistant types it out. That was Hale's job, and he didn't feel like doing that job all the time, so sometimes he let me do it. It's, it's tedious. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And it was great experience for me because this is the first time ever I've seen a writer's room and I'm mm-hmm. get I'm in the room and they're letting me listen to the pitches and I'm just seeing how the sausage gets made. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool. Did they ever allow you to say anything or you just sat there quietly? What would you do? Oh, uh, yeah, they would let they would let me pitch sometimes. They never use any of my pitches, but, you know, um, it's about be, the experience of it. Yeah. Though. Yeah. They'd be bouncing ideas back and forth. And sometimes Kenny would look at me and like, oh, what do you think? And I'd say something and, you know, mm-hmm. um, they would tell me if it was a good idea or not. And it, that was it was just really cool, man. Mm-hmm. Like. Um, I re- looking back at my journey up to this point, I realized I was very fortunate in a lot of situations, and mm-hmm. I got to do a lot of things that not everybody gets to do. That's true. That's true. I know a lot of writers who are trying to get in television who've never had the access that you've had, you know, and they're great writers, but they never been on the set. They never, you know what I mean? Um, I could think of two or three of them right now off the top of my head who would love to just get into the room. You know, so the fact that you were, you also, you have to be willing to let your ego go. Yeah. It's, it's so ego driven. And I mean, in the sense that you can come in and stock the freaking refrigerator, you know, your ego isn't so big to think, well, I'm really a writer. I shouldn't be able to, you know, I should be in there with them pitching, yeah. you know, like everybody wants to get there before they even get there, mm-hmm. you know? And so it, it, it it's a definitely a learning experience. And most of the guys you see who were pages and stuff like that are younger guys or girls, but there are a few who are a little bit older who are like, fuck it, I don't give a fuck that I'm more experienced. I'm going to take the initiative anyway. Right? Yeah. So, but go ahead. And there's very few people who haven't had to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple who, you know, my mom wrote on this show, so she got me in this room. <laughs> or um, um, you guys you guys did the fellowship, so some people mm-hmm. get, get in that way. Sure. But there are mo- the majority, I'd say a good 80, 90% of the people in the room have had to keep the fridge stocked and get yeah. the coffee and you know, they just had to pay those dues. There, so, there is a system in L.A. to how yeah. to get into the room for the most part that will help you to get there. Like if you start off as a page and work your way to the, to the writer's assistant, work your way to the assistant, there's a reason for that. You know what I mean? To get you to those. Some people are able to skip that. You know, you write this great script, you get an agent, they send you on an interview, you get on a show. Very rare. Right. <laughs> but right. it happens. Right. Most yeah. other people, like you said, 80-something percent of the people start off that way. So and it's what you make it, because if I went in there with an attitude like, man, I ain't moved to L.A. to be getting coffee and keeping the fridge stock mm-hmm. and buying food and grocery shopping. If I came in with that attitude, they right. probably would have never let me in the room. Mm-hmm. 
You know, so it's just what you make it, you know, um, and that's whether you're a set PA, writer's PA, uh, editor's PA, whatever, mm -hmm. the, the experience is what you make it. Just mm -hmm. take advantage, do the very best job you can do at whatever job they gave you, do it the best you to, to the best of your sure. ability, and those opportunities will come. And what was the next show that you moved on to? Um, after that, because UPN went away and they merged with WB and became mm -hmm. CW, so a lot of shows got cut. No, no black shows got cut back then. <laughs> <laughs> All the black shows. <laughs> so I ended up bouncing around. I did a lot of pilots. Mm -hmm. Funny story um, for all the um, actors coming up. I was doing a pilot, and there was an actress who she was mic'd up and forgot she was mic'd up. And all <laughs> the producers were at Video Village watching, mm -hmm. um, watching us get ready. And this was the first day of shooting, and she said something about the producer, like, all oh, those fucking idiots over there or something. Really? And they heard her because she was mic'd up. Wow. And they all looked at each other and got up and left. Wow. And we knew we, the rest of that shoot was a waste of time. Because wow. that pilot never got picked up after that. Wow. So um, I bounced around a lot of different <laughs> pilots. That's a lesson to I'm, you. I'm just going to assume that there are invisible mics hooked up everywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And just think my thoughts. Especially, to on, especially on a soundstage. <laughs> okay. You yeah. Know? Yes. So um, I bounced around a lot. I did Everybody Hates Chris. I did a lot of pilots. Um, now you were going in and out of the writers' room, and then be being a PA in writers' room. So you were kind of yeah. On and sometimes, and I, you know, I, I was taking whatever job I could get. So mm -hmm. sometimes I'd be a set PA. Sometimes mm -hmm. I'd be uh, just a location guy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, ideally, I always wanted to be in a writers' room, but you know, I also had to pay my bills and eat. Right. So um, eventually, I landed on Everybody Hates Chris as a temp, mm. and they liked they liked me over there. And there was an office PA job opening up. And they let me interview for it. And the job was mine. The lady said, oh, man, we love you. You know, you all, you've already worked for us. We know you do good work. You know, I have to interview some other people, but it's basically a formality. Just go home and wait for the call. Mm -hmm. oh, Lord. So I drove home. <laughs> I went to the grocery store. I bought oh all God. this food. Did you buy steak? <laughs> steaks? Tell me I bought steaks. three kinds of hot sauce. Oh I bought... <laughs> you was renting. Okay. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I got a job, y'all. You know, I called my mom. Like, yeah, I got a job. Three kinds of hot sauce. <laughs> yeah, you know the black hot sauce and Mexican hot sauce. We got to hit them all. <laughs> Tabasco. Okay. <laughs> so I'm driving home from the grocery store and I get a call and she says, oh, you know what? Somebody came in that was a producer's nephew. We have to hire him. I'm sorry. But it works. I know someone at Girlfriends who know who needs a PA. I'll set you up with them. So I went and interviewed with Girlfriends mm -hmm. and they picked me up as a set PA. Mm -hmm. Again, it wasn't writer's PA like I wanted. but mm -hmm. And also it turns out um, Girlfriends in the Game, the show I'm on now, they were sister shows. Mm -hmm. A lot of the writers from Cuts were now working on the game. True. So when I went in to interview for Girlfriends, they all vouched for me. Okay. Like, oh, this is a good guy. He's a good PA. He worked for us. Mm -hmm. You know, he won't he be in trouble. He kept that fridge stocked. Yeah. <laughs> it's the little things. It's though. the tiny things, yeah. you know? And yeah. he was personable, and mm -hmm. he was on time, and he was mm -hmm. there early, and he was mm -hmm. the last one out. All that stuff matters, people. <laughs> exactly. So um, that's how I ended up on Girlfriends. And one day, uh, they needed someone to stand in for an actor uh, while they were doing a network run-through. Mm -hmm. So they just grabbed me to, like, hey, just be in the scene, say these lines. So I went in, I said the lines, but I took it serious, and everybody thought it was funny. And after the run-through, the, the, the uh, casting director, Suzanne Goddard-Smythe, was like, hey, have you ever acted before? Like, do you want to <laughs> come in and read for this part? 
I'm like, yeah, hey, whatever, okay. <laughs> you know, I'm here. I'm a writer. That, that but... Wait, there are people who are struggling okay. to get part, get anything, and That's you're just true. like, oh, okay, I guess. I'm well, no, read. it wasn't like whatever. No big deal. It was like whatever. You're probably not going to give me this part. Right, sure. right. So you know, and plus, you know, I came here to be a writer. So, but I went in, and again, I took it serious. But I really did not think I was getting the part because I saw some real actors in there that I had seen on TV already. <laughs> some real people. <laughs> some real people up in there. I'm like, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm here. just some, some bum off the street. Right? That, you know. <laughs> but I saw some real actors. I'm like, oh, the, the, one of these guys will probably end up with the role. But I just mm-hmm. went in there and threw it away and just had fun with it, and mm-hmm. and they liked it, and they gave me the, they gave me the part. Thank you. Now, what was that like that day when they called you to tell you got the part? Well, I was still a PA at this point. So I'm at work and they said, oh, you know, go. They let me leave for 20 minutes or whatever to go read for it. And I came and went back to work mm-hmm. at the end of the day. The phone rang and they said, hey, it's for you. And I'm thinking it's, you know, business mm-hmm. like, oh, come give bring these scripts to this person or whatever. And mm-hmm. they said, hey, uh, you know, we want to book you for the role. Mm-hmm. You want to do it? I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, I want to do it. <laughs> you know, and again, this was only supposed to be one episode. So I thought, oh, you know, I have a funny story to tell my mm-hmm. grandkids one day. Like, I sure, got to be sure. on TV once. <laughs> and, you know, the character was just popular and they kept giving me more. Like season one, I think I did two or three episodes and I was just the guy, comic relief. I'll say something funny, I'll leave the room. Okay. Season two, they trusted me with a little bit more. Let's see if he can handle it. Mm-hmm. They gave me a few more episodes, a few more lines. By season three, they knew they could trust me. Okay. So they started giving me a lot more to work with. Mm-hmm. And, but all through up to season, seasons one and two, I was still a PA. Mm-hmm. So, so I still were going so back to work. Working. Isn't yeah. that funny? Okay, that is not having an ego. That is you hustling. Know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, because acting scared me at first because a, as a PA, you're not making a lot of money, but you go to work every day sure. and there's a check every Friday. Mm-hmm. Acting was, yeah, you work when we call you, and you, well, I don't know when that's going to be. Mm-hmm. So I was really afraid to leave my PA job. Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, well, you know, what if they don't call me for a month? What am right. I going to do? <laughs> and I didn't have an agent yet or anything because I wasn't – well, that's not true. At the end of, by the end of season one, I had an agent. Okay. But, you know, season one, it was like, eh, I don't have an agent. I'm not going on auditions. Mm-hmm. I can't afford to not work. Right. And it was convenient because girlfriends in the game, their sound stages were right next to each other. Okay. So um, I would bounce back and forth. I'd be a PA, and then they'd call and say, we need you to work tomorrow. Then I'd leave and then go do the game, and then the next day I'd be back on Girlfriends. But it got to the point where they were giving me so much that I wasn't there half the time on Girlfriends. Mm-hmm. So they say, you know, we got to let you go and get another PA because you're not here anymore, hardly. <laughs> and I was still a little scared, but they were like, trust me, if this doesn't work out, we'll take you back. Okay, okay that was a good... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could see you sweating like, oh, I got to eat. I know. I got some hot sauce I'm still paying for. (laughs) (laughs) Up in the cupboard, (laughs) y'all. But it's funny because I've been working, you know, since I was 14. I've always had a job. And I come from that nine to five mentality. You Mm -hmm. go to work every day. So Mm -hmm. it was really scary to have this job that didn't work every day. Mm -hmm. And I was really frugal at first. I was like, I ain't spending this. I don't know the next time I'm going to work. So I just said, I I lived in this. There's some girls out there who could tell you some stories (laughs) about my Koreatown apartment. (laughs) Because I I was paying eight hundred a month and I wasn't famous enough for people to recognize me yet, mm-hmm. so I stayed there for a little while. So yeah, girls yeah. would meet me and I take them That's to my hilarious. place and I could see the look on their face like you live here and, 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 and eating ramen and Kool Aid. What? But I see you on TV. What? 
What is That's going on? It's, some girl, it's a girl out there telling that story right now. Yeah, and he lived here and it looked like this and he only had that. <laughs> he had no couch. He had no nothing. <laughs> oh, so let's, before, before we go too further, I just got to let my girl, Lisa, street nerdist, gush for a quick second. I know you're a fan and your sister and them. They fans of the show. We love the show. Let me tell <clears> because you she thinks, you know. Go ahead, I'll let you. I, know. Because here's the thing: when we first saw you, my sister, because we we love the game. We've been watching it, you know, when it was on whatever channel it was on, and when it moved, we we kept up with it. And literally, we were sitting there, we're like, we love this guy. Like, mm-hmm. we could not wait to like. I, I literally, I was saying, I turned to my sister Kim, I said, I hope this guy is not like a one day thing, mm-hmm. like one episode, because mm-hmm. there was there was just something there, mm-hmm. and it was so cute. It was like, oh my god, we just want to take him and like, keep him. <laughs> And then the characters started coming back. I'm just like, oh my God. Like, literally, really, really nerdy, okay? And then it was like, when we started watching the character, there was just something about, and and I have to say, it's you, because I think if somebody else was playing that role, Mm -hmm. they wouldn't have brought that thing Mm -hmm. that Barry has. Mm -hmm. Because when we were watching that, me and my sister were saying, you know what? We really would love to see a show where TT and a bunch of other people who are assistants for like really famous people, like that would be a TV show we would love to see mm. because I, we hear stuff all the time when people sound like somebody needs to write that. Thing. Yeah, okay. write it. I'll do it. Uh, <laughs> Miss Miss Mara Brock. Okay, Mara, look, look. Here's the new show we're gonna have you do. <laughs> it's gonna be starring TT and a bunch of his friends that uh, work for these crazy famous people because I, literally, I think that that is something that people would want to see because mm. we see stuff on reality TV anyway. Sure. People are always following famous people. It just be a really cool TV show it's to watch, yeah. yeah, to watch them and see what it's like behind the scenes. Okay. And I think it would be also educational for people who are into like, oh, I'm gonna go write and do this to see what is it really like, what it really takes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just something that Miss Mara Brocka Kill needs to seriously consider. Okay. Spin off, okay. It needs spin to be off. another spin off, <laughs> TT and the crew, because uh-huh. I just think it's such a wonderful character. And there's mm-hmm. some really poignant moments that TT has had on the mm-hmm. show, because you know, I, you know, from day one I've been watching it, and I just mm-hmm. feel like. Your characters just bring so much, and I think a lot of times people overlook what you bring to the show. So I'm just letting you know I see it and I appreciate it. <laughs> and TT needs his own show. There you go. TT needs his own show. He needs his own Retweet. Show. <laughs> Retweet. <laughs> Retweet. Look, yeah, that's what's up. Mm-hmm. So Trip. So when did when did it? Because you guys went off the air for a minute and came back. Yeah. To BET. Now, what was that like going from? The half hour to the hour show. What changed for the actors? Well, we're still a half hour show, but we went from multi-camera to single camera. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. So what what changed for you guys? Because then you moved to Atlanta Mm -hmm. and started shooting it there. What was that like? Man, well, the biggest change for me was we, at CW, we had um, an audience. Mm -hmm. We shot in front of an audience. Oh, it was live audience. Yes. And that was cool because it was instant feedback. Right. Mm -hmm. I told a joke. If they didn't laugh or they did laugh, then you'd know it right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually helped me out a lot because I was nervous my first day, but I told that first joke and everybody laughed, and I was like, okay, yeah, I could do this. Yeah, 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 so that helped me out a lot, and I kind of fed off that. It was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. But then that went away, and also at the same time, we got a little more dramatic. Mm-hmm. So then I had to kind of learn how to be a dramatic actor. And um, So was that the change? When, well, when you for, guys came back and became a little more dramatic. Yeah, we came a little more dramatic, mm-hmm. um, and also single camera takes a lot longer to shoot. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, multi camera, especially with an audience, they don't want an audience stuck there all day. Mm-hmm. So we would be done in a couple of hours, but mm-hmm. you know, single cam. We uh, we worked uh, this last season. We had to shoot on location in a hospital, and it was the last day, so we had to get everything done. We mm-hmm. might have been. 
close, it was close to 24 hours. Wow. And that's for an actor. The crew still had to work when we left. So who knows how long and, they were there. Now, let me ask you a question. Because usually on multicam, you have three cameras. Right. A single camera, for the most part, you have one. Sometimes yeah. sometimes the shot, true. they'll put in two. Did you guys ever use two cameras? Yeah, sometimes we do. Yeah. Okay. Um, actually, this season, we use two a lot. It just helps you to move faster right. and then, yeah. you know, to get, mm-hmm. I'm on you, I'm on you, so I get both of your two shots. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're single. And especially if you're missing some things in one shot, well, we can get the coverage over here with something Absolutely. else. You know? Absolutely. And it's mm-hmm. shot way more like a movie mm-hmm. than, than, than a TV show. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it's really cool because I got to see two different, you know, a lot of people, they work on a show for a long time. They only know how to do that kind of show. Mm-hmm. I know how to do two kinds of shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was cool. But also what changed was we are a bigger deal in Atlanta than we were in L.A. Oh, really? So that was the first time. You know, people here will, would come up, oh, you're on that show? Hey, mm-hmm. how you doing? Down there, it was everywhere I went. Really? And I'm not, I wasn't even, you know, I'm not a series regular. I'm, sure. you know, I'm recurring. So I'm not even the biggest star in that show. And every I'm getting vegan, getting hooked up at the club. Oh, man, put that away, man. Come on in. We know you. <laughs> everywhere in Atlanta. Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> So that was kind Enjoy of a sh- it for a minute. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, that was a shock, like just seeing that level of recognition that didn't mm-hmm. really happen in LA. And we shot a lot more on location because we were single camera. When we were multi-cam, almost everything was on set. Mm-hmm. And um, in Atlanta, almost everything's on location. You know, they they got a few sets, but we shot a lot at Evander Holyfield's house. Um, that's where uh, Malik Wright's house was, Evander Holyfield's house. Mm-hmm. I got to meet Evander Holyfield. That was That's cool. cool. Let's get to know. So now when I see it, it's like, I know whose house that is. <laughs> I think Rick Ross just bought us. I think it's Rick Ross's house. Oh, no <laughs> well, Let me ask you this. Starting out as a screenwriter, how has the acting, has the acting affected your writing in terms of what you write now? Hmm. Knowing what it's like to be in front of the camera now in terms of, okay, this is what and actors vi- have to go And vice through. versa. Right. Too. Yeah. I try to keep them separate because I view them as two separate things. Mm-hmm. But um, when it comes to writing, you know, you draw from your life experiences. So I have to believe that at least subconsciously it, it probably has affected it. Mm-hmm. But as an actor, I'm always kind of aware of the writers because I came, you know, I, I came here to be a writer. So I kind of sometimes think more th- like that than I do as an actor. Mm-hmm. So um, when they, uh, on a, on a sitcom, on our show, or on most shows anyway, the writers come to set. On movies, they don't really have the writers on set. On TV, the writers are on set, so they'll come to you and give you notes. Mm -hmm. I know when they come to me and give me a note, it's for a reason, so I don't argue with them or debate or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But the other, some, not everybody, but some other actors will, you know, well, why? I think I should do it like this, or my character, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, who knows your character more than the person who wrote it? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I never really argue, and I think that that comes from my experience as a writer. So people who do argue, it's not that they're like bad people, it's just that they don't know, they haven't seen it from that side, so they don't always understand why they're they're, seeing the art of the character and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely, Mm -hmm. yeah, that definitely helps me, I think. I think it makes me easier to work with as an actor Mm -hmm. because they never have to really explain things to me. Mm -hmm. They just tell me to do it and I do it. Mm. So do you have time now to even write? Well, yes, I was just actually talking to Hill about this earlier. Um, I have a baby For other now. reasons. Okay. <laughs> and me and her mom have to, uh, we worked out a system where, which we kind of falls apart sometimes. But <laughs> for the most part, 
right now she's at home with the kid. I'm doing this and then I'm going to handle some more business later and tomorrow will be her day mm-hmm. to do. So I get to write, if I'm lucky, I get to write every other day. So you strap the baby right on your back <laughs> and you say, come on, we're going to do this <laughs> and we're going to write. <laughs> yeah, so um, it's a little frustrating because I have a, a pilot that I'm working on. I'm only mm-hmm. halfway done and I know I could be finished if I had every day to write. Right. Sure. And maybe, you know, as my daughter gets older and starts going to school and stuff, I'll, you know, that, that'll probably come back. But right now it's like my writing time is very precious because it's not as, there's not as much of it as there used to be. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, a lot of times too, because I know I was having this conversation with some people on Twitter in terms of writers writing every day. A lot of mm-hmm. people are told that you should be writing every day. You're mm-hmm. not a serious writer if you don't. But a lot of times, even just small amounts of time that you have can be really intense quality time it's for your writing. Totally true. And I have to admit, I don't write every day, mm-hmm. but sometimes you get those moments and it'd be like 20, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. You'd be amazed at how much you get done when it's Absolutely. focused, like laser sharp focus, mm-hmm. getting it done. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I was just really curious in terms of like, yeah, you're taking care of your daughters. Like, cause I just kind of came out of this little space in my head. Like I'm one of those people. I don't ever get writer's block. Mm-hmm. But I kind of was going through like something mm-hmm. where I just couldn't sit down and write every day. So I've been like in this total reading or podcasting zone. Mm-hmm. Like, but that helps me mm-hmm. to get through something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like I can't let a day go by when I'm not doing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Also, I keep a journal. So oh, I do technically it. write every day. I might not be writing, um, working on a script every day, mm-hmm. but I keep a journal and at least, uh, even if it's just 10 minutes before I go to sleep, I try to write something. Because if I was playing basketball, I would have to shoot jump shots every day. Right. So I feel like even if I'm not working on something specific, if I just write down my thoughts in my journal at the and end of the night. And that to me counts as writing too. Yeah. Oh, People have yes. this guilt trip and, and even reading about mm-hmm. writing or reading scripts mm-hmm. or even just marinating and thinking about things and thinking mm-hmm. and not writing, that to me is part of the process. So yeah. if there's writers out there who are like, well, I'm not writing every day. Am I real? Yeah. If you're putting consciously putting in some work and using quality time, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes the quantity is not what really gets it. It's that quality and what you're putting into mm-hmm. it. So I'm just so glad that you are struggling like the rest of us to yeah. make that time happen. Because there well, are I will say, of, okay. ahead, oh, I'll say this too. Um, since my daughter came and my time is restricted, my writing's a lot more focused. Mm. Because when I had all day, every day to do it, uh, first, you know, it might take me all day to like, oh, well, I got all day. <laughs> Instead of getting up in the morning and do it, I might not get to it till five, six o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And then I write for an hour and somebody calls me to go out and then I go out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now that I know, like, all right, I only got these three hours. I got to use these three hours to make the most of it Mm -hmm. you know i get a lot more work done in a lot shorter period of time so maybe in a way i think i kind of needed this to make me more structured yeah you need some structure as a writer i believe that Mm -hmm. you know like i write i try to write every day like i said if i'm not writing i'm reading or something but i literally have my computer and i unplug it and my computer lasts for about three three and a half hours Mm -hmm. and i don't go online i don't do anything until my computer stops Every time I write. You're so good. It, but I had to teach myself to do that. You know what I mean? That's why I write so fast. Because I'm like, oh, you, shit. You, I only got an hour left. Do you guys know there's a program that you can put on a computer that'll literally... Someone just yes. told me about this. And I just... Mm-hmm. 
I almost should have bricked people. <laughs> I'm like, no, they don't have that. I need that. Where basically you can put this thing on your computer and if you don't write mm. a certain amount of time, mm. it'll start erasing your shit. Oh, I didn't know that. And that's deleting part of it. it. Oh, it's serious. Yeah. That's too much. It is that's seriousness. Too... Rise of the machine. And it's y'all. like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> that's dangerous. But I tell you what, I bet you get that right and done. That's dang, wow. <laughs> I have to figure out the name of it. We were talking about it like, and I was like, so this thing exists? And they were like, that's yes, Lisa. Dangerous. And I thought, I might need that. We're literally, it gives you a time frame. Because sometimes I might need to, I might not be physically putting something on the page, but I'm writing in my head. Yeah, you might go thinking out. I might be writing in a notebook on the side or Mm -hmm. something. Like, I don't know. No thanks, Siri. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Just just tell me how to get to to the mall or something. Like, just give me directions. So, I I met Barry a couple years ago. Um, I forget how we were introduced. Somebody hooked you up with me. Lakeisha. I don't remember her last name. Oh, but Lakeisha. uh, Henderson? Yeah. Yeah. Um, she was she right. She used to write on um, Dirty Sexy Money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, so she hooked me up with Barry. Because you had the, a writer's group. Yeah, Barry ended up joining my writer's group. And um, um, he wrote this. What did you ever do with that anime? I thought that was kind of a cool little martial arts animated. You actually might like that mm-hmm. cool action in yeah, it. Yeah, Golden Fist. The Golden Fist. It's still, cool. I'm actually, because I'm taking this writing class at UCLA. Mm-hmm. So you're going to pull it out and redo it again? Yeah. Oh, shout out to Anatomy of a Pilot. I'm going to tell all of them to listen, so hopefully they're listening right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the name of Kelly's uh, mm-hmm. script thing, too. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. After I've learned a lot in this class, so I'm going to go revisit that mm-hmm. and make some changes to it. But um, it's still, I still got it. I still pull it out when somebody asks me to yeah. see what I've written. Mm-hmm. And I'm still hoping to get it made one day. Yeah, that's what's up. That's mm-hmm. what's up. So what are, you, what are you working on now? We could tell people just a little gist about what kind of things you are interested in. What genre are you interested in, by the way? What do you like? I like... Because that was an animated thing. The thing yeah. you're doing now is live action, right? And yeah. that's half... You like, like half-hour comedies? What's your thing? I like animation, which is why I wrote an animated pilot. Right. And that pilot I wrote was uh, kind of... Uh, Dragon Ball Z, Avatar meets mm-hmm. Family Guy, Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that type of stuff, and I also like dramedies. Uh, in class, the, uh, the 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 our teacher Richard had him. Oh yeah, Richard. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's my boy. I yeah. love Richard. He doesn't like dr- the term dramedy. Yeah. And I got in trouble for saying that in my pitch. <laughs> he, didn't so, sp- he didn't spit at you, did he? <laughs> no. <laughs> no wire hangers. <laughs> no dramedy. And you're like, damn. So I, I say I like dramas with comedic elements. Okay. okay. So I like entourage. Mm-hmm. And um, I also like straight dramas, too. Um, But... It's hard. I've tried to write straight dramas, but I can never resist making a joke while I'm writing it. So <laughs> I'll say I like to write dramas with comedic elements. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So that tells me a lot about you. What's, do you. Have you noticed any type of themes that you like to talk about a lot? You know, um, like, like, for instance, um, my thing is underdog characters. You know, have yeah. you noticed that you have a, a theme, you know, because hmm. I, know, I noticed you tend to use young adults or teens in your stuff. Do you think that's your... Yeah, I think so. Um, and without getting too deep into it, when mm-hmm. I was younger, I didn't feel like I had a lot of... I didn't have a lot of people to talk to. Mm-hmm. I was a guy, people were like, oh, you're such a good listener. Here's my problems. <laughs> and then I'd be like, oh, then I'd start talking about my problems, and then they'd change it up, and somehow I'm talking about them now. That's right. So when I was a kid, I always felt like people just didn't listen to me. Mm-hmm. So I, I would always write characters who were having problems and going through stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, 
would have someone come in and help them out All because right. I would always kind of wish for that in my life. So I think, I guess I still carry that now. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I also like underdogs. You know, my favorite movie's Rocky. Mm-hmm. My favorite hero is Batman. He doesn't have any powers, but he still does what everybody else does. <laughs> Another comic geek. Okay. <laughs> like Lisa Lisa Cult Jam over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I guess those would be my themes probably. I never thought about that before. That's a good question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's something that um, it's it's usually like Subconscious. Or it is like? really. It's really subconscious, and mm-hmm. and you. And we see it in other people's work. Sure. Like we talked about this before. Like one of the things, um, the whole concept of the bromance mm-hmm. that came out, mm-hmm. and um, the cats that were doing like forty year old virgin and stuff mm-hmm. like that. A running through line was like these men having like these intimate relationships and just being men. And there was a slew of movies that came out sure. that were just that just went phenomenally big, mm-hmm. and it touched a pulse point. I think society where men were feeling like they were having no connection with each other, and and we started terming that you know calling a bromance. Oh, mm-hmm. it's a bromance movie. But for that writer and those producers, that was like something subconscious in them. This kind of connection that men, because we always talk about women, the sisterhood of women, mm-hmm. and women always getting together mm-hmm. and hen parties and stuff. And men sometimes don't feel like they have that. And so when we had those movies, you know, like, no, no, men have it. Like you have your they core. Just don't show it. You have your exactly. You have your core group of guys you hang with, yeah. but you don't cross the line with intimate stories. Right. Yeah. That's the problem. Like your feelings and things. Yeah. And like when the um, the really big one that really got huge. They made three movies of them with the Vegas with the oh with Hangover, the, Hangover. Hangover. Mm-hmm. When I first saw that mm-hmm. in the audience, that was like the best man male centric movie I'd seen yeah. because it had emotion and it had it feeling into it and it really made you care and we had you never seen care. comedies like that mm-hmm. before yeah. mm-hmm. so who, who does those movies I, mm-hmm. I, I know his name Jada Patel yes and mm-hmm. to me that's his thing that's his that's his subject. it's real yeah. it's subconscious thing yeah. for him yeah. and you see it in all the other movies that he does mm-hmm. and then they have like these male friendships mm-hmm. I mean other people for example one of my favorites um, David Cronenberg okay. his thing is body horror mm-hmm. if you watch any of his Canadian horror movies there's always something most people have seen The Fly mm-hmm. most people might have seen The Came Within but it's always something to do with the body and, so, and that's something that's innate in him mm-hmm. that his fear so mm-hmm. every writer has that thing mm-hmm. yeah. sometimes they don't understand what that is mm-hmm. but other people watching it can see it and sure. I think for you um, as a writer, since you love writing about young young people, and the, I think those stories are needed because yeah. right now the fault in our stars is going to be huge, and it's YA, and it's really about people listening to. Um, I don't know if you guys know the story, but you know, a young YA lit young girl who has cancer and he's living her life. Mm-hmm. A lot of people responded to that, young people, because literally we don't really listen to young people. Sure, we always sure. have these negative things about them. So I really want to encourage you, Barry, to really think about doing more of that yeah. because our young people need it so bad. Mm-hmm. You know, And we don't have enough of those outlets and those movies for them to see and relate to. Because trust me, I was that kid too, didn't have nobody really, you know, that's why I became a writer and mm-hmm. went internal and became like the nerdy reading the books because sure. I needed to have a world where I could feel safe and comfortable mm-hmm. and be myself. Mm-hmm. So you really need to write those stories. We need them. Hey, I have a and, question for you. Okay. <clears throat> so, because I've noticed you write a lot of pilots. I think, did you write an entourage? You wrote something. But have, have you written any specs? And if there are any, which one would you write? Mm. I wrote a couple of specs. I wrote a Simpsons that um, I was still a PA on Girlfriends when I wrote it. And everybody in the office loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're not, they uh, in the production office, so these weren't professional writers, sure. but just as just casual fans of the show, they all mm-hmm. liked it. It was very topical, so I couldn't use it now. Mm-hmm. Sure. 
Um, it was, um, I based it off of Die Hard, and I had Sideshow Bob. Oh, I think I brought it to the group, matter of fact. I think so. I yeah, think I had Sideshow Bob take over the power plant, <laughs> and Homer had to, like, save the town. Mm-hmm. And um, it was right after the election, and I had John McCain come to Springfield. And uh, That's the cool thing about that was. show. You <laughs> can just take it anywhere. anywhere. He, uh, Mr. Burns was running for mayor. And everybody was supporting Mr. Burns because he had an endorsement from John, uh, John McCain, and everybody thought it was John McClain from Die Hard. That's right. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that is yeah, funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is funny. <laughs> so I thought that was a really strong one, and I submitted it to Nickelodeon uh, fellow, Writers Fellowship, but they never got back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they ended up t- you know picking some, choosing someone else. But I, I felt like that was a really good one. Um, I also wrote. And I'm thinking about it, all my specs have been animation. There's another one called Dan Versus that was on the hub. I don't think they brought that back. But I wrote I wrote a um, a spec of that. That's about a guy who you every time anything happens, he vows revenge on somebody and spends the whole episode <laughs> trying to get back at him. That's hilarious. <laughs> so the one I wrote was he went to he had a job at Disneyland and he thought he was gonna get this big check and then when he gets it, they took every all this money out for mm-hmm. like taxes and um, you know, <laughs> union fees and all that. So he was really mad and he vowed revenge on Disneyland, he was gonna blow it up <laughs> and burn it down. That's a little out the box. I like that. that. I like that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um so those are the type of specs I've written. Mm-hmm. That Dan versus that was was it last year? Two years ago. Hmm. That that was the last spec I wrote, and everything else I've written has been an original pilot. Okay. I need to hook you up, hook you up with my friend Mayweather. She's a um, showrunner on Nickelodeon shows, uh, animated stuff. Remind me. Okay, I'm cool. To see if I, can I actually I interviewed with them um, because I was already interned in Nickelodeon movies, mm-hmm. and those people tried to help me out too. It just didn't end up working out. But they hooked me up with an interview at the uh, Nickelodeon Animation Studio mm-hmm. uh, in Burbank. Okay. And I was just going to be a PA, and that went really well. That was a really cool interview, and like the office was really cool and laid back, and um, they liked me. But you know, I guess they just went with someone else. Okay. But Sometimes oh, also when when things don't work out, don't be bitter because had I ended up at that job, I might not be sitting here talking about true. my mm-hmm. acting career. It's true. Mm-hmm. So just remember, you have a path, and don't be. Don't get mad at other people's path. Because like, one thing I'll say as an actor, there's going to be times when you're going to be sitting at home and the phone's not ringing and you're not auditioning and you're going to see all your friends and colleagues on TV. Mm-hmm. Don't get mad at them. Be happy for them. Mm-hmm. Because sooner or later, you're going to catch a break and you're going to want them to be happy for you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Don't we talk about that all the time? All the time. All the time. Because uh, I always talk about that that famous Michael Ajakwe thing when he got on Eve, you know, he was in the Cosby program, Cosby program like we were, and when um, Meg Deloach. when Meg Deloach got her show, right. first person she brought on who was mm-hmm. a staff writer was her close friend who was in the program. Mm-hmm. It's all about relationships, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And <clears throat> like I talk about this all the time about how I've helped so many people get into programs or you know work their way up and learn how to sell a project or pitch something. And I'm still here trying to get it too, but I know that somebody might succeed before me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've had those situations And I'm okay too, with that. Where I wanted yeah. to get into something, I didn't yeah. get it, but I was like, okay, no problem. But then that person called me back and said, hey, by the way, mm-hmm. I know that didn't work out, but hey, there's, this just came down the pipeline. Exactly. Go check it out. So exactly. you have to take it with, you know, I don't want to tell people they need to stay in their lane, mm-hmm. but you need to understand that how you get to where you get, you know. You can't look at other people and judge that because that might mm-hmm. not be your path. And mm-hmm. like just watching Barry, like, you know, I'm coming out here to be screaming. Next thing you know, he's acting, 
you know, and whole new horizons have exactly. opened up, you have to be really be receptive. And I really love the fact that you're so personable. And I think that has gotten you job. Like a lot of times people don't realize that when you mm-hmm. first interview or talk to somebody, even mm-hmm. before you even talk about doing the interview, mm-hmm. the moment they meet you, yeah. they've made their decision. Immediately. You know, I'd be trying to tell Body people, language. like, look, okay, don't be like, oh, I'm going to kill you at the interview. I'm like, boo, 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 boo. Uh-huh. The interview just happened the moment you met that person because they're going to go back and say, yeah, this, this person well, right trip here. Well, trip this. Trip this. I remember Barry and I went to lunch, what was that, two months ago maybe? And um, we went to the Grove. We just want to hang out and whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> and I swear, it must have been 10 people who recognized him every single time. There was one group. Remember the group? There was one group of people who stopped and was like, can we have your own? Do you mind if we take a picture and blah, blah, blah? Turned out they all were, what are they, special? Special needs. Like special needs people. He hugged every I was sitting there like, oh, my God, this young kid, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, is like so humble. He could have been like, nah, dude, I ain't, you know, I ain't touching y'all, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. He was like, sure. Like embracing them, looking them in the eye, talking to them. I was like, I had a whole new perspective on mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um a friend of mine um, who we're going to have on the show, Lee Jessup, is um, um, she's like a career counselor mm-hmm. for, for writers. <clears throat> she does this thing where she used to have this big office on Wilshire, which she'll talk about. And she decided that she was meeting people in office, so they were on good behavior. So she started meeting them in coffee shops and other places because people act differently. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Right. It was a whole... So I was thinking about that at the time. I didn't tell you that. Right. But I was thinking about it going, now I really love this motherfucker. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. it was real. Right. Because it, it tells real. you about yourself, how you interact with people. Like one of the things we... Me and my friends joke about is like, you can tell how a person is. I, I like a person... Like if we go eating someplace, mm-hmm. I'll like a person depending on how they treat the waiters and waitresses. Exactly. You know, how do they mm-hmm. treat people who can't give them anything? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, how do they treat them? And it says a lot about their character. And Absolutely. people are always watching, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, you can't act, you know? That's why I love it when people who are like, quote unquote, famous or mm-hmm. on the come up or celebrities like Barry's like, they talk to people, they appreciate people and they're really humble about that because mm-hmm. that embraces your fans and your fans are going to ride with you to the end. Mm-hmm. Like, what? You doing the show now? We going to come over here? And then mm-hmm. they start, and now with social media, mm-hmm. All you need is one bad thing, That's true. and people will crucify you. But That's if they true. hear all the nice things about you, and, and it just it just it just really makes your I don't know, it just makes you just a good yeah. Great like person. I'm gonna have um, I was talking to Ron Perlman a week ago, mm-hmm. so he's gonna come on the show like when he's done with this pilot he's doing. Mm-hmm. Don't forget Ron, damn it. Um, <laughs> anyway, but he's one of those people. Him, Michael T. Williamson. There's a couple of people in the world who are super successful. Who every time you see them, they are still sweet and humble. They give you a and hug. I think it's They're because just like, they enjoy what they do. Like yeah. they enjoy their craft. Mm-hmm. And as a writer, I think for for Barry, I mean, if you, you know, the acting, you know, everything is going to be phenomenal for you. I know it's going to be. But I think as a writer, that's going to go a long way for you in terms of people like just really wanting you to be there. I'm like just hanging out here now. Mm-hmm. If I had to show up, be like, we gonna get Barry. Yeah, <laughs> he's great. In the, he's great in the room. You know, I've worked with him. Yeah. In, you know, and on um, in um um and and the right uh. Sorry, in the writers group that we had, um, one thing I want to talk about we skipped over was um, he's actually worked on a few things as a writer right. too um, with Brandon um, Brandon Browser. I've never Broussard. seen Broussard. Yeah. Um, let's talk about that a little bit, just really quick, and then we'll let you go because I know you got a thing to go to. Okay. Um, how did that happen? What's it called? What was it? <coughs> okay. Um, when I was a PA on Girlfriends, another PA, Mike Moss. Shout out to Mike Moss. Um, he comes up and says, "Hey, I, I'm doing a show." with a friend of mine, Brandon, and we're looking for writers, and he, you know, I, I always talked about being a writer, you know, always 
when you're around people that do what you want to do, always make sure they know that you want to do that mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. By the way, Brandon was one of the writers on um, House when, of Pain, mm-hmm. and he PA'd on Eve, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, he said, "Hey, I heard you're a writer. I'm doing a show with my friend. You want to come and um, help us out?" Mm-hmm. So I went down there and I uh, met with Brandon and his sister Lori, and uh, we all hung out. We liked each other, so um, ended up working on this show, Purple Stuff, which mm-hmm. was a sketch comedy show. And at the time, it was this was not too long after Dave Chappelle mm-hmm. went his show went away, and we we loved that show so much that we just wanted to like do our own version of it. Mm-hmm. You know, we wanted to fill. We felt like he left a void, and we wanted to fill mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So, because um, you wrote and acted in a couple of those, didn't you? Yeah, I acted in. I directed one. Mm-hmm. Um, Directing's hard. I don't think I want to be a director. <laughs> <laughs> it's too. I don't it's think I'm that very, organized. It's, it's too much to think about. Yeah. It's very complicated. Yeah. Um. I like. I like the aspect of working with actors and telling them what I wanted them to do. But as far as ang- camera angles mm-hmm. and lighting, and I don't want to think about that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's someone else too. <laughs> Wait, can we still see some of the stuff? Purple oh, yeah. Stuff yeah. On, YouTube? Uh, okay. on YouTube, if you just Google purple stuff. TV. It's on Funny or Die. Yeah, it's on oh. Funny or Die. We had a domain, purplestufftv.com, but I don't think it's up anymore. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Google it and see. It might mm-hmm. come up. But definitely on YouTube. All our stuff's yeah, on YouTube. You guys did a lot of episodes of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The later stuff is better than the earlier stuff because we were just getting our feet wet. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we had a lot of, not first time writers because I'd been writing, you know, basically my whole life, but that was the first time I wrote in a room. Mm-hmm. So we had a lot of people who were doing that for the first time, and we were just, you know, we were finding our voice in the early episodes. But see, you coming from being, you know, in the writer's PA and all that stuff in the rooms, I, I'm sure it helped you, though, yeah. for the room. And Brandon had been in the room before, so it kind of helped you guys with how you ran, ran the room. Because eventually, Brandon would be on the set or, or, or busy doing other things, and you started running the room at some point, right? Yeah, because Brandon was EP, and um, I was kind of elected as head writer. Mm-hmm. So um, good title. Okay. <laughs> when Brandon wasn't there, I would run the room. Mm-hmm. Brandon was there most of the time, though. He was pretty hands-on. But every sure. once in a while, he couldn't make it and not be in charge. Mm-hmm. And the good part about being head writer is you get the clout of that title. Mm-hmm. But if something is bad, you get to blame it on the EP. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that wasn't funny. That wasn't even me, man. That was Brandon. I told him Barry it, it wouldn't work. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was Brandon's move. I mean, I, yeah, if I it was said, up to me, uh, it would have been funny. But. <laughs> Shout out to Brandon. Yeah, it's out of breath. And we're actually doing, um, he's out of town uh, working on something in Virginia, but he's supposed to come back in town next month, and mm-hmm. we're getting the, the crew together again, and we're writing another pilot called The Life and Times of Jamie Jones. <laughs> and Funny name. <laughs> basically, we wanted to, this time around, we wanted to do a show about, girls have a lot of shows like Girls, mm-hmm. or Sex in the City, or mm-hmm. whatever, when they just get to be women, and mm-hmm. they get to like talk about stuff that they can't talk about in front of men and all mm-hmm. that type of stuff. We don't really have a lot of those kind of shows about what it's really like to be a guy. True. You know, the closest, I, I guess, would I would say Entourage, but even that was more so about the fantasy of being a movie star, not really about the realities of being a guy, dating, and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So Definitely. that's what we're going to go with, go for with uh, being Jamie Jones, mm-hmm. or the life and times of Jamie Jones. Okay. So when he gets back in, ta- in town, that's our next project, and we've got a budget, and um, we've got a tentative deal set up to shoot, so hopefully, mm, I don't know, next this time next year, Good. maybe oh, we'll I be like pitching that. it. All right. Well, uh, on that note, <laughs> that's what's up. So yeah, dude, I just wanted to have you on the show. Um, like I said, a lot of people know he's TT on the game. 
but I know him more as a writer. As a writer. So I wanted to help, you know, promote that because I'm always telling them, dude, you be out there, you know, doing all these um, 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 events and stuff, you know, for for the game. Let people know you're a writer sometime, you know. I know you got to promote the show, but don't forget to promote who you are, too, you know. So let people know because otherwise they're just going to see you as that, you know. So don't forget that. You know, I think it's important. And I need um, a, I need a spinoff show for TT. Yeah, yeah, we're still cool with that, right? Hey, Mara, they want they really want a spinoff show. <laughs> we got to do I a little. I want to see the behind the scenes. Uh-huh. The the what is what, 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 I mean? What is TT's title really? He's just like the personal assistant of. Yeah, well, not actually now. Um, you know, because he started the clutch right. and everything. He's not technically. Right. He still gets treated like it. Right. But he's not technically the assistant anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. But la- at the end of last season, he lost the. Uh, well. Spoiler alert! Don't at the end of okay. last season, <laughs> if you haven't seen the season finale, <laughs> nah, stop listening. Don't tell them. Don't tell them. Don't tell them. Watch the season finale. Okay. And there you'll you go. see there what you the go. point I was about there to exactly, go. exactly, because we want people to see it. We want people to see it. Um, so, do you know if you guys are coming back? Yeah, we'll be back for season eight. Eight seasons is a big wow. deal. It's eight longer seasons. than Star Trek, which went seven seasons. Wow. Um, yeah, eight, eight. Season eight is coming back next season. That's what's up. You guys are number one on BT, right? Yeah. Wow. Well, well, I don't know. Is Mary Jane? I have to see the no, numbers. No, I, li- I like saying they're number one. So y'all number one. We're, we're number one. Yeah. <laughs> Put that in the universe. That. <laughs> so look, with that, um, you got anything you want to talk about today? You want to clap back? I mean, I could. I got a clap back, but let's let's do let's, let's get into it. All right, let's so, get into Lisa's world famous clap back really quick. So you know when Hollywood. When you think they're moving up and pro- being progressive, like uh, the wonderful movie with Angelina Jolie, mm-hmm. Maleficent. Maleficent. Have you seen it? Loved it. Okay, wow. Okay. She was, squ- I could just that watch her. That was number her. one. I could yeah. watch her all day. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. It, it, it has elevated her back up to where I think she should, she was, just, I, yeah. I loved her. Okay. I love her. Okay. And they, they subverted the story. So I was excited. I was like, yes, female laid, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And then I'm reading the trades. Mm-hmm. And, and guess guess what? Uh, they about to do another remake, Hollywood. Guess guess what remake? Just guess. Is it a woman lead? No, it's not. Okay. I'll give you another hint. They hmm. just signed Hyman Hansu to play a part in it. Oh, I just read this. I know exactly. Oh, I forgot. I just read that. Do you know? Do you I know just what saw it is? that. No. Okay, I'll give you another wait hint. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's all. It, it it was. They made movies back in the '30s about it. It was a TV show for several times. It was actually a cartoon in the 80s that I used to watch. It was uh, a theme song to the cartoon. Uh, the, it wasn't a theme song, really, but uh, <laughs> this character used to have this yell. Tarzan? Thank you. Oh. Um, so, yeah. Why do they keep redoing So, here's my clapback. <laughs> so, um, let me just tell you, okay? He just joined the cast. Warner Brothers is doing uh-huh. this, right? Warner Brothers. David Yates is directing a brand new Tarzan movie, all uh-huh. right? And Hyman Hansu has, has signed on to play a character called Chief Mabanga. <laughs> Jaiman Hansu, that's his name. Is it Jaiman? Yeah, Jaiman. Jaiman? Yeah. Oh, hey, it's better than what I used to call him, Digimon. <laughs> 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 what I didn't know. You know when you first see it, then I'm like, how do you pronounce that? You said what? Not- you used to call him what? You know what? Digimon, what did you say? <laughs> yes, I did. Digimon Hansu. <laughs> but that to me sounds sexy, Digimon. And then, then I thought I heard somebody say on TV they pronounced it like Hyman Hansu. Jaiman. 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 Okay, so Jaiman, sorry. Uh, but um, I'm not happy. He's a good man. Let me tell you why. Why? Even though he went to a... We don't need mm-hmm. another Tarzan movie. No, we do not. Okay? Mm-hmm. Hollywood, fuck you. 
<laughs> because number one, unless you're going to do this, Hollywood, if you're going to bring Tarzan back, here's a freebie for you from Lisa B. Uh-oh, Star back. Child, because the titties, <laughs> bringing it to you. If you're going to bring it back, at least change it up. You cannot have him be a white savior, some white dude surviving in the jungle. We know white people can't survive. No but place. Isn't that but no. But here's the thing. And don't even get me started on, on, on <laughs> Burroughs and the whole. Anywho. Okay. If you're going to do want it, him to be a Peruvian. If you go, if you go, no, no. If you're going to do this, subvert it. This, this is the new take. If you're going to do it, which I suggest you do not because no one's going to come see it. Okay. Okay. You need to make it so that Tarzan is at least half African. You got to make so it where if you got to, yes, if you're going to have a white dude coming to Africa, you're going to have to have him. You cannot have a white dude coming to Africa, become the king of Africa, the master of Africa, can talk to animals, can save black people. You can't, you can't do that. So if you're going to do it, make him at least half African and make the story about trying to, to deal with being in two worlds. Because in the original story, I think it was like he was abandoned there. He grew up. Mm-hmm. They did the Legend of Greystoke years back and tried to talk about, oh, he was this, you know, came from this really high class family and mm-hmm. all the. If you're gonna do it, what mm-hmm. you gonna do anyway? Because you don't give a fuck. But the clap back to you is do something different. Make him African. Make him at least half African. Do something where it's not the white savior complex. No one is going to go see this movie. I'm just letting you know right now. <laughs> if you want to waste your money, give it to me. Let me make some movies. But you cannot make Tarzan again. Look, we, you already learned your lesson. You learned your lesson, did Hollywood. It, did, 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 did anybody go see the one with Brandon Fraser? <laughs> no, I didn't. Nobody <laughs> went to go see Tonto. No. Okay? They did not go oh. see that. And you keep, you keep coming back. Because mm-hmm. I know why they're doing this. Mm-hmm. I know why they're doing this. They are afraid of a black planet. They are afraid of all these movies. Who's who are these people? These, <laughs> they know who they are. <laughs> the man. Okay. And his ilk. <laughs> you know who you are. So it's, why you keep constantly bringing Tarzan like, we got we to gotta bring the white people back and just control Africa. And... What's the name again? How you pronounce it? Jaiman Jaiman. Jaiman. It's like DJ something. Yes. Right? Yeah, Jaiman. Jaiman. I think the D is silent. I know you're trying to make your money, bruh. You already in with the Guardians of the Galaxy. You're doing mm-hmm. sci-fi. You're doing mm-hmm. amazing work. Why would you go back and do a movie where you know you know people don't mm-hmm. like African people? You know they don't like black people. They're going to bring out the monkey jokes. They're going to be talking about all kinds of... Why would you do that? I'm not going to blame you because you got to get paid, bruh. But I'm just saying, Hollywood, please, don't do not do Tarzan. Nobody's going to see it. And you know what? I'm going to go stand outside the theater. <laughs> and if I see people going in... in. With a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> what you going to see? I'm going to throw bananas at people. Like, <laughs> no, you did not go see this movie. Because really, what would, especially when you know Hollywood, that movies that have multiracial casts that have something really important and interesting to say, mm-hmm. those are the movies that are making money. Why would you make a movie where, number one, you know it's going to make black people uncomfortable. <laughs> you know Africa's a little skittish because the way you talk about Africa. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying this. Don't do it. It is not too late to put this in turnaround. It is not too late to make a statement in Variety and say, you know what? <laughs> we was high. <laughs> the cocaine is a hell of a drug, and we didn't know we were doing. So Tarzan, no. No, 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 no. And anybody who goes to see that movie, you have every right to go see it. But we cannot keep 
number one, we can't keep just doing the same old, same old all yeah, the time. I mean, that one's been done way. I agree it's been done way too much. Your reasons for it on this one, you know what? I'm actually okay with your reasons for it on this one. I'm like, okay. That actually makes a lot of fucking sense. What do you sense. mean it's okay? I would, it's okay. Barry, it's, uh, we ain't going okay. to talk to you, Barry. Come on, Barry. What you got to say, Barry? Go I would like to see a going? movie based in Africa that acknowledges the fact Black Panther. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Go ahead, man. I'd like to see a movie based in Africa that acknowledges the fact that Africans have mastered the art of building cities. Mm-hmm. They don't live in villages, mm-hmm. all of them, or even probably most of them. Mm-hmm. Every time I see Africa on TV, they're in a village. Even I just saw um, a World Cup commercial, and they were showing everybody in these different countries going to watch um, you know, soccer, mm-hmm. and everybody's going to their local bar or their friend's house or whatever. And, of course, in Africa... They went to a shack, and a guy had to pedal a bike to make the TV work. Um, and I'm like, come on, man. How come, you know, I'm, I'm just the 21st century. I know they've figured these things out, but they never show that. They don't show those images. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, I don't have a dog in this fight because I'm not African, but Barry, it's like. Barry, are you going to go see this movie? Tarzan <laughs> oh, is on the market. No, but I was trying to make a point. Okay, go <laughs> ahead. Make your, no, finish your point. No, no, no. Get it no, in. No, no, no. Go ahead. Get it uh, in. Go I can't ahead. say I won't go see it because I don't know. Beyond the fact that it's going to exist, I don't really know anything about it. I never, all the Tarzan incarnations that's come before this, I haven't gone to see because I'm just not really interested. So I probably won't go and see it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I won't say that definitively until I at least see a trailer. I gotta give them a fair chance. I'm not. I, I don't want to have any previous cool. judgments. That's cool. Don't be looking at me. <laughs> she, like, she, look at how she's looking at us. <laughs> well, you can't see do. how she's looking at us. But. <laughs> Black people all over the world, <laughs> and the white people, and other people of colors who love us. You are too much. Well, look. Did you see Avatar? I did. Because that's Avatar. a white savior movie. Oh, it totally is. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge James Cameron fan. Mm-hmm. I love futuristic movies. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see it in 3D. Yeah, I had problems with it, but I had to go see it just to go see it because it was right. a beautiful film, even though it still does the same white savior, mm-hmm. blue people passing us, you know, I understand that. Mm-hmm. But a part of me is like, you know what? It's futuristic. It's up there. It's something different. Yeah, even still has different. the same problems. But we are retrograding and we know, look, look, you talking about soccer? What about those people who threw a banana at the soccer player, mm-hmm. African brother on the field? Mm-hmm. All those people in Italy and all those other places who say really derogatory things about black people, mm-hmm. the first thing they think about is go back to Africa and bananas. And what does Hollywood do? We're going to give y'all Tarzan. <laughs> so once again, <laughs> F you. <laughs> F you. This one's personal but don't you, today. It is personal. <laughs> How do you... Um, I understand why you assume it's going to be handled in that way. Oh, it's going to be handled in that way. <laughs> but you don't really know until you at least see a script or I something. I will go... You know what? Hey... What's your name again? Who that there? All right, so David Yates, who's directing this, mm-hmm. okay? And it stars Alexander Skarsgård and Margot Robbie. You know what? Send me the script. Uh, whoever got the script, let's do from whoever Blood. has Vampire. the script, mm-hmm. send me the script. Mm-hmm. Let me read it. I will go see the movie because mm-hmm. I'm that type of person. Like, if I see bullshit, <laughs> sometimes I need to go just to justify and just recognize that mm-hmm. I was right. <laughs> so just, I will sit just there. Just so she could do another clap. I will this sit bitch. there and say, no. But like I said, if you go and do it, subvert it. Make him half African. Make it have something that has meaning for African people. You cannot have a white dude run in Africa. We know y'all can't survive in Africa. But don't, don't you think they get... 
too locked on the fact that that's part of the whole story is that he's supposed to be this. This is like a former British <laughs> dude who. That's like his worse. family was left over there or some Fuck shit. Those. Fuck his family. Is it a period piece She's or like is it happening bad. now? You know what? I don't know. You know what? They might make a contemporary. Uh-huh. It doesn't even matter if you make it. You can make it futuristic. Uh-huh. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't want it. But if you're going to do it, uh-huh. change it up. Subvert it. Be creative. Do something that has meaning. You just can't keep doing these same movies. You know what? You're going to spend what, how much money to make this movie uh-huh. and we still don't have a Black Panther movie? Uh-huh. Come on now. We got the technology. They used to lie to us all the time. We don't have the technology to show you Wakanda. <laughs> but we got the technology to bring you Tarzan. <laughs> Hollywood, do better. They're like, we gave you Huey P. Newton. Do, be- <laughs> <laughs> do better. But you know what? I'll give it a chance because you know what? It takes a lot to get a movie made. Mm-hmm. I will let them make the movie. Yeah, let's see what happens. I but I like the clap back. I will go, I I will like go sit and watch it. Okay. But no. Okay. No. On that Funky ass. No, y'all should see her. It's her eyes all big. Like, fact that if they was here right now, I'd slap them bitches. Look. Got my blood sugar up. <laughs> you going to give me this exquisite, wonderful, maleficent Look. with Angelina Jolie and, and feminist beautifulness, sisterhood, passing the vegetable test and all that yes, stuff. And stupid. But you're going to turn around and, and bring me Tarzan. Okay. You sit your ass down. On that <laughs> note, y'all see how we got her all riled up. See what you done did, Barry? It's your fault. What did I do? <laughs> I'm gonna go see another movie and then sneak in to go see Tarzan. I ain't gonna pay for that bitch. <laughs> That's what we should tell everybody. Go sneak in there. I'm gonna tweet sneak it on Twitter bitch. like, "This is Lisa. <laughs> Crystal titties again is in the house." Okay, I'm gonna leave the door open on the left. Yeah, I used to, I've done that in a while. So I was at 69th Street in Upper Darby. I, I used to do that all the time. <laughs> but I will give it a chance. All right. Because they may surprise me. I doubt it, but they might. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, this was a nice, fun episode until she went all evil. On us, then she went all went all maleficent and shit. (laughs) (laughs) Horns popping out right now. Shout out to Angelina Jolie, that's my cousin, though. But look, this is a great episode. Thank you, Barry, for coming back. Yes, thanks for having me. For those of y'all who don't know, we we attempted this one before, but brother like me kind of messed up the audio. You know, I'm thinking I'm all, you know, over here, Lou Ferrigno cousin or something. I don't know what I'm doing (laughs) anyway. So, thank you for coming back and letting us do this again. You know, having fun with you. Um, this was a good one though. There's some definitely some game in there for people in there. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, I just wanted people to know that you're a writer also. You know, I think it's important. So Thanks. can I do my uh, get my Twitter and Yes. Everything? Yeah, I'm about to get that to you now. Why are you always jumping ahead of what I'm trying to do? Because last time you forgot. <laughs> Did I forget? I had to like remind you at the very end, like, oh wait, let me tell you. No, I was gonna get to you. <laughs> I think. Go, go ahead, go ahead, Barry. Okay, so, so it's <laughs> at Barry underscore Floyd, B-A-R-R-Y underscore F-L-O-Y-D. That's my Instagram, that's my Twitter. Uh Facebook is just my real name, Barry Floyd. And um yeah, I'll probably whatever else they come up with next, it'll probably be Barry underscore Floyd all the way across the board. So that's, that's where you find me. All right, Lisa Lisa Colt Jam, where do you at? Uh you can find me on Twitter. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm gonna get on my blog spot and start she writing. Still my got stuff. an attitude right there. <laughs> I don't. I'm on Twitter. No, I'm not. I don't have an attitude. Although I'm about to get on Twitter now because I was going in yesterday about uh, people calling, coming at Pharrell in mm. Indian country and being black Indian myself. I had to let some of my folks know, like slow your roll. So you can find me on Twitter. Okay. And if you look on there, there's probably gonna be some stuff. <laughs> I'm just the same way I am on here. Be you, girl. Be I just you. do me. That's what's up. Don't go see Tarzan. <laughs>
<laughs> and I am your host, your guest. Y'all so stupid. Y'all can find me on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, all that shit, Facebook. Um, and uh, don't forget, check us out, Screenwriters RR on Twitter. And um, um, please give us a nice, nice five-star review on iTunes and Stitcher. We are on both. Look us up, Screenwriters Rant Room. So with that, thank you again, Barry, Lisa. We bid you adieu. Keep it street. Mm-hmm. Keep it opinionated. Keep it gully. And keep it what? One hundred. See, I got Peace it that time. <laughs> yeah, man, I got something to get off my chest. Everyone got one. What's your opinion? This is the ramp room. Tongues won't be bitten. Ain't no rules, just spill it, and anybody can get it. No limit. We get to kill it. You tuning into the thrillers, and no, ain't no stop. Any topic, even the random I hope that you ready, we entering in the zone soon We on a grown shit, welcome to the ramble That's it, that's all I got to say